What it do, baby? Welcome back to Cafeteria Talk, the podcast where we talk about any and everything, just like the days at the table hanging with your boys, your girls, and all the homie. This is your boy, Quattro. What up, y'all boys? It is Kid Kev. It's your boy, Slick Rob. No introduction needed. Let's get it. What's up, man? We are back, man. We're going to be talking some TV and we'll explain a little bit more of that later in the episode. But let me do this real quick. You can follow us on Instagram at Cafeteria Talk Official. You can catch us on Twitter at Cafeteria Talk. Um, if you happen to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, feel free to give us five-star ratings and reviews. We love to see those and read them and know that you guys are loving the show just as much as we love you guys. Also, check us out on iHeartRadio and SoundCloud. But y'all know what we do every single episode. We do something called the put on segment. We talk about something we may have seen, read, heard that we think you, the people, should check out. So, Rob, hit us with that put on, my friend. My put on is going to be a podcast um, that I just started listening to. Um, it's with it's with them funny, funny dudes. Um, from the Bayou, um, you got your boy Cameron Jordan and then Mark Ingram. Well, Mark Ingram's now in Baltimore, but their podcast called Trust Levels is straight hilarious. They um, basically they talk to random um, players in the league. I think they're only about four or five episodes in mm-hmm. so far. They've had Hollywood Brown, Alvin Kamara, um, George Kittle, and I think now they're finna have. I forgot who the next person is they're gonna have on the podcast, but yeah. It is very, it's a very funny podcast. Mark Ingram is hilarious as usual. Big trust. Big trust. Big, Big trust. trust. Woo, woo. Nope. Lamar Jackson in the flesh. MVP. Best quarterback in the league. If you don't believe that, come see me about it. Come see me. I'm about that. I'm about woo, that. Woo, woo, woo. I love it. <laughs> Can't good, go. Good put on. What about you, KK? Um, I'm going to put on this new documentary on, what is it? On Netflix, The Social Dilemma. Mm. I mean, it was actually really interesting watching. I mean, you know, you know all the negative effects of social media. Yeah. But to have, you know, experts actually come in and say what the psychological effects of it can, yeah. can be. I was like... You know, I'm still on social media like that, but I'm like, wow, that's actually pretty interesting. For sure. I watched, I remember uh, I was just looking for something to watch and I saw, I read like what it was about and I was like, oh, let me check this out. So I watched like half of it and yeah, it's scary stuff. Like I honestly was like scared after watching it because I'm like, no, they're not bringing in like analysts and techno- technological sound people to like study this stuff. They're bringing in psychologists. Mm-hmm. They want to, they, like one guy was like, um, he worked on Reddit, I think it was, one of the founders of Reddit. And he was like... We literally, it's not about you, we try, about y'all like connecting anymore. It's literally trying to get you to do something. We, we're using our algorithms and the stuff we use to get you to change behavior, to do things, to buy things, and to really, you know, change your thinking. And I think it's really interesting, especially with an election coming up, how social media is going to play a big, uh, big role. Like, I literally almost posted today, I was like, if one more person tells me to vote, I'm not voting. Literally, oh, yeah, be everybody. You be getting those texts, be like, oh, yeah, I'm with, uh, I, it was funny. I got this one. It was like, oh, I'm I'm Mark with black voters. I'm like, first of all, how do you know I'm black? <laughs> Facts. Oh yeah. Well, I you know, I found much. out when I when I bought my car uh, a few a few months ago. 
Um, the DMV sells your information. That's yep. crazy. The DMV sells your information. Yep. So, you know, that, that, hey, Kevin, your extended warranty that you yeah, don't have yeah, on your car. I've gotten that too. Like, uh, they'll calling. call you. The DMV sold them that information. That's so, crazy. And you can actually opt them, opt to the, for them not to do that. But of course, like, how can you stop them? Like, it's, they, they'll do what they want but The Social Dilemma was a really interesting um, documentary I'm definitely going to finish it it was really good too like yeah. it wasn't boring at all and you know I find documentaries sometimes to be very boring especially the ones for class I have to watch but that was actually pretty good good put on proud of you Kevin thank you um, my put on which has completely jumped out of my brain onto the table and I don't know what it is now uh, what did I say it was going to be oh it was going to be Hoops from Netflix, a brand new adult uh, adult comedy, adult animation comedy centered around this basketball coach in like I don't know butt fuck part of some butt fuck part of America. <laughs> um, that it, it's centered around this basketball coach and his high school basketball team, and it, he does the most effed up stuff all the time. Like it's like like I said, it's a butt fuck part of America, so incest and hicks and all that, and it is hilarious. Ten episodes. I got through it in about two days. I have a busy schedule, so I couldn't really finish it. But I'm sure somebody who's just kind of sitting at home on quarantine or something could kill it easily in, like, half a day. Um, crazy funny. Uh, real easy to watch. Just something throwing. Definitely not safe for work or, like, home with the kids. Like, it is, like I said, very effed up. But it's hilarious if you're into that kind of humor. Which is crazy because, like, I feel like it's on the same par as, like, maybe, like, Big Mouth. Because I've seen some of that. And I, like, oh, can't yeah. stand Big Mouth. I hate it. I cannot stand <laughs> I that show I couldn't get past all. it. I, I got Big past Mouth the first season. Big Mouth very uncomfortable. Bro, I hate that show. I, like, Especially, like, with the pillows. Bro, yes. him, Like, him fucking the pillows. That, that was kind of weird. And then the pillows were talking to him. And yeah. Then, and then he had a kid. It, it just really... Uh, I'm glad this is a TV episode. We'll be talking about some stuff like that. But as you guys heard me mention earlier in the episode, we're going to be talking about TV. What about TV, you ask, Quattro? Um, we're going to be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of TV. You know, we are big TV watch. We love our favorite TV shows. Uh, sometimes we hate some TV shows. We want to talk about what makes good and bad TV. What, how TV shapes you know, how we watch even movies sometimes mm -hmm. and just spinoffs and series, finales, beginnings, you know, spinoffs. We're going to be talking about all of that today. So I'm just got a few little things kept kind of keep us in the flow. You know, I like to be organized. What TV shows we kind of like just kind of did this and put on, but what kind of TV shows are y'all watching right now? What y'all what y'all watching right now? Uh, well, I'm watching. I already mentioned this in a previous put on, but I'm watching White Collar right now. Mm -hmm. I think I'm on. I don't even know what season I'm on. It's either season five or six, if there even is that many. But I think I'm. I know I'm on the last season. At least I think so. So yeah, that's what I'm watching right now. Um, I'm watching Lovecraft Country on HBO. Mm -hmm. Starring Journey Journey Bell. Johnny Smollett and um, Jonathan Majors, who's I forgot who he's gonna be playing in the MCU, but yeah. Um, oh my gosh, and they got um, oh my god, what's the homeboy? When from when they see us? Oh my god, the dad from when they see us? I cannot remember his name, but they got him in there too. And boy, bruh, that's so right, bruh. HB, bruh, HB, your 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 boy Ty said it best. HBO's that shit. Period. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Thanks. big on HBO for a long time, them and A24, but now, Ooh, now watching, bruh, Lovecraft Country, bruh, when, whenever y'all get the chance, bruh, when y'all boys check it out, bruh, definitely let me know when y'all finish it, because that shit is Favreau, Favreau. That boy said Favreau, Favreau. Oh, you talking about uh, Michael K. Williams? Yes, Michael K. That's who K. I knew you were talking about, but I couldn't, I couldn't yes, put the Michael name to K. the face. Yes, Michael K. Williams, bruh. Oh my God, I love that show. 
Uh, right now, I'm on. I just got done finishing the CW's Flash and uh, Supergirl, the newest seasons. Right before COVID hit, and you can definitely tell at the ending like that it was due to COVID. They got their finales cut, so it was kind of interesting to see how that went. But they, those seasons went by very well. Like I really enjoyed them um, after following the show for so long post crisis. Uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, like I said, I finished Hoops not too long ago. Um, I'm currently like finishing up Shameless season ten. Um, do, 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 do. I know there's another one I just finished watching um, fully re-watching the full series of Star which I will talk about uh, very bluntly um, something I'm watching Empire right now I'm also uh, finishing up Rebels I'm like 4 or 5 episodes off from finishing Star Wars Rebels I've been putting that off for a long time uh, and there's one other show that I'm watching that I like am folding on right now I think that's it right now. That I'm all I'm watching. I'm planning on starting Euphoria back up. I've been like really sleep on Euphoria. Like I don't know why. I feel like I just don't want to see Zendaya that way, bro. Like, it's a, I'm just it's a quick, honestly, I was. I don't think necessarily. I think I don't even think that. No, I'm capping. Zendaya does have the biggest oh what the what the what the fuck moments in that show. But I would say graphic wise, no. You won't see Zendaya too great. Oh, yeah, no, no, I didn't think drug, I would. Drug, dealing, deal, dealing with drug is But then again, the drug, the drugs are very overhyped in that show, but yet. Really? And it's a, it's, it's a quick watch. It's only eight episodes. It's actually only eight episodes, and they go by fast. I got you. But but that's that's kind of what I'm on. Just uh, nothing nothing too crazy. Uh, I feel like I want to I want to stop the boys soon. Uh, oh, the boys. You have that's to watch what, that's it? What I haven't, that's what I finished. Oh I forgot to say. I, Season two. Season two, boy. It was good. That was crazy, bro. When you get the, the end chance. of season two, bro. Guys, bro, you can't. Bro, bro, bro I gotta hop on, bro. Every, no, bro, you, you got ties been telling me the boys. You, and you love, you love DC, bro. It's, it's literally the best uh, show on uh, Amazon Prime right now. Without question. What else is on there? They got uh, Miss Maisie, right? Maisie. Yeah, the, they the, got they got Utopia. Marvelous Miss Maisel. They got whatever. Utopia. I haven't checked out Utopia yet. Yeah. Utopia supposed to be pretty the good. The Boys is definitely the best TV show, probably on it. Okay. Yeah, on oh, without question. Well, let me ask y'all. Season three. Let me let me ask y'all this. Well, what? So with all these shows we watch and some of your favorite shows, what makes good TV? You know, what 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 elements make a good TV show for you? Something that makes you want to come back every season and watch. Well, you have to have likable characters, in mm. my opinion, and that's one of the things that like my, my favorite TV show probably of all time. It's probably tied right now, but it's gonna be Big Bang Theory. And how I met your mother. Okay. Like those two shows, they had likable characters. You know, like you had Sheldon, who even though he was all like quirky and everything like that, you still loved him for who he is. Mm. You had Raj, who was like, you know, the funny foreign friend, but you know, he was still pretty cool. Howard, you know, I loved him too. And on and on uh what is it? How I met your mother. Uh Ted Mosby, you know, him trying to find love, that was like so funny to watch. Barney Stinson, like arguably one of the best characters in a TV in a TV history. So, you know, you got to have likable characters, people that people can connect with and can see themselves in. Mm. I'm glad you mentioned that. Like a lot of my favorite shows um, or some of the better shows that I've seen on TV have those very strong characters. Perfect example being The Office. Oh, yeah. The, people connect with The Office because the characters were so, you know, relatable. You know, I, I'm literally Daryl, like in my job. Like I am Daryl, the only black guy. I'm like always like, bro, like, what the hell is going on here? And yeah. you know, you know, Jim, Pam, Michael. Because you saw with those characters. You saw how that show fell off after Michael left. Like. Facts. It, it like it like was kind of peter. It was like teetering, and then it like fell off, and then it kind of came back. Because you saw Dwight had to carry the show after that. Facts. Dwight had to, and then Andy kind of did for a minute, but then Andy got annoying. Yeah. I feel like I'm Andy to be honest. You think, bro? I can see that. I can I'm see Andy. That. Definitely. He said Andy. Yeah, I see it. I th- 
think one thing that really like makes good TV for me is the strength of a of a cohesive story season to season. Oh yeah. Like you know, I, I like when shows you know cap off their season. You know, they finish the story, and then you're able to then like start a whole new story in the next season. Because when you like finish the season, superhero shows are good for this. The cliffhanger, you know, dynamic where you'll you'll do a little something at the end of one season. You're like, oh, I guess we're gonna have to continue on. And then like the first couple seasons of the first couple episodes of the next season are you know more of what happened the first season i'm like yo just like cap it off and like move on because it just seems muddled as you keep doing that mm-hmm. and so like i like when shows have you know okay you know the next thing is the next thing perfect example sons of anarchy one of my favorite shows the 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 sons will do some crazy heist or something crazy at the end of the season it's done that that'll be it that's the ending so of the whole season it doesn't carry over into the then the, the next, next one season. they got a whole new villain whole new arc whatever now are there ripple effects from the other season maybe a, a character death or something sure that's fine but just like continuing a story throughout the whole show if that's not the meaning of the show for that whole thing mm-hmm. like Avatar who like you got all your different stories but the ending is always going to be Ozai and the Fire Lord and all of that. And so that's something I like about shows. What about you, Rob? Well, you guys kind of hit the big nail, like the big nails on them, like nails mm-hmm. in the coffin, like the strong characters and the story, because that's what drives the story. That's what not drives the story. What drives the show? Um, I believe is um, stories and characters without right. without question. Um, I do think what makes it. What really can help is the side is the sides like you know me. I say this mm-hmm. all the time: the side characters and the side stories. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, good because side characters. Are that like does too. help elevate. Um, it does help elevate everybody yeah. in the show because every character is connected some way or somehow to every other character. Whether it's from, you know, we can go into that later. But yeah, that's like the side characters and the side stories really do help drive. At home because we just have one central main plot, you know. Right. You keep driving down with that. We already we keep like you said, like we get what we're trying to get to in the end, but what underlining factors are behind these characters and right. the side characters help make up the main characters' backstories, mm-hmm. why the way they are and all that. So you know that's makes the story more nuanced in a way. Because and that's just and like you and honestly, side character yeah they bring new they bring very good nuance and um. I think that does help, like, and yeah, that's. One of I think uh, when we we talked about side characters, one of the uh, one of the newer shows I've just recently been watching uh, or finished uh, a few months back, Dave. Dave had really good side characters. Dave, it's on Hulu, uh, the, Dave, the show oh about Lil Dicky. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and they, that episode they did, they did a couple episodes where they kind of focused on the side characters. One one of my favorites being the one they did with Gata. And they talked about his, it was a mental health episode. And Gata, like, you find out Gata has, um, not depression, uh, not schizophrenia. Bipolar um, disorder. Bipolar, he had bipolar disorder. And they, like, categorized, like, how that affected his life and talked about that. And I thought that was a really good episode. And then it kind of brought on to why he connected with Lil Dicky in the way that he did. Yeah. And I just thought that was a really good, like, I think that was a really good show. I give it, like, a 9 or 10, 9 or 10 out of 10 uh, on Cafeteria Talk. Because it was so good about you know not only honing on honing on on Dave Bird little Dicky it also honed in on them side characters and Gata and that Asian chick I don't remember her name right now but just the those Asian side chick characters. is hilarious yo she was I, you you know you, we talk about old girls Alina that bro, I literally she's just like her literally bro just like her no cap bro that's no cap <laughs> but in terms of like um, the good good TV what are your top three favorite shows oh well, I'm gonna go out. 
you know, I already said it, Big Bang Theory. Like, I can literally, I've watched that show, like, on and off again. Like, I can literally start it, start the season, or start season one, go mm-hmm. on to season, I think, 12, 11, 12, whatever, whatever it ends yeah. at, and go back and watch it again from season one. Mm. Like, it's just so funny, and I can finally see why people were hyping it up for, for like, forever, basically. Yeah. Like, it was one of the best TV shows. So, it like, ran for, like, a hot-ass Yeah, it was, too. like, from 2007 to, I think, 2018 was the last season. Yeah. So, yeah, I got to see all those characters develop, like, rewatching it, and I was like, wow, this is actually really good. And then, did you say them all? Oh, no, I didn't say them all. Okay. Uh, what else? Like, How I Met Your Mother, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that show as well. And then Friday Night Lights, that uh, TV show Friday Night Lights. Okay. That's old, that's old, right? Yeah, yeah. it ended, like, 2011, I think. Rollback. Yeah, for real, Friday Night Lights. It's like, I heard somebody, you know, parallel that to the, the show of the CW, All-American. Can you see that? Uh, I guess so, but this but uh, this show, what is it? Friday Night Lights is more centered around the coach than it is like, you know, mm, uh, yeah. uh, all Americans around the player. True. But you know, like, I guess you can see that. I can see that. People been like trying to get me on all American for a minute, bro. You is it see really that good, bro? It's, bro, cause like, I, I okay, it. how are you capping? I watch, I watch CW shows, like I watch the superhero, so I watch a couple residual stuff, Riverdale or whatever. But like I just know how CW do and I just don't think All American can really be that no, good. Is no, it? it is. It is. Is that good? I'm not the I, mean, I really like season two because season two is like they're playing more of in the spring league. Yeah. I didn't understand what the seven on seven stuff was. I'm like, what the heck are they doing seven on seven? Oh yeah. Like, oh, it's the spring. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, that that happens. It's like those you know like it's basically like the summer things. You know like right yeah. before school when teams would play plus this is in the West Coast, so you know East Coast and West Coast high school football is kind of different. You know, yeah. like how we, like before school, like a couple weeks before school starts or when school's initially starting, that warm up game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, Jamboree like, type stuff. The Jamboree yeah. type stuff or the spring game that yeah. they have. Yeah, that's kind of what that is. But that's how they do it on the West Coast. So, like, that's why I can understand it was like, what was that? Because I was from the summer, like, what the hell is this? 707. I look like, oh, so y'all actually. You know, like, well, they haven't even started the fall season. That's going to be season three, which has been, I guess, postponed due to COVID now. I think someone. Did uh, season two end kind of weird because of COVID? No, it didn't. Because nah. so it came end. out way before COVID. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's also another thing I want to mention before I tell you my top three TV shows. It's, uh, it's good about TV. I think it's good when TV shows are intentional about how they begin. How they execute their show, and then that they they are on top of how they want to end the show, and that's why I think a show like Watchmen was so successful because the director of Watchmen and let me pull that name up because I really want to give him his props because he killed it. Uh, Watchmen, there it is, drama series. Do do uh, Damon Lindelof. Um, he did a really good job. He knew that he only wanted to make one season. Now they're gonna come back and probably make another season, but they they came in like, hey, we want one season. And they made it, and like the story is done, like it's really good. But there are some shows that, like, for some reason, think they're gonna last forever, and they keep, you know, adding cliffhangers and adding, mm-hmm. you know, little itty bitty stuff that'll make you want to come back. And you could get canceled. Yeah. And like, there are shows that uh, I've seen that have ended so ab- abruptly because, you know, the viewership isn't there, or the studio feels like it's no longer. You know, That's like a lot of kids' TV shows, to be honest. Like, if I'm thinking about like literally Nickelodeon. Not like big time rush like that show did not end properly yeah or oh, victorious no. yep. like that that didn't end properly as oh, well oh my god so it's like you know you really have to 
find where you start and where it's where to end when it yeah. comes to TV shows. And you can always tell which shows are like got the ending they wanted versus the the ending that they didn't want. Yeah. Like I remember uh, I just finished um, Greenleaf on uh, OWN. And, like, they had a seven, eight episode uh, season series finale. And it was really good. Like, you know that they were ready to end it all. And the best thing about, like, TV shows in terms of, like, you know, stuff that know what they want to end is that they have two finales. I think TV shows have two series finales. The They have the... The first one, part one, where it's you know it's showing up the story of the mm-hmm. season, the series, yeah. the the season, the big the big battle happens, and then the the series finale, the final episode is the character arcs. They're coming all full circle. The okay, character, yeah, I can see where you're, how where you're he was like episode one is how he's gonna be. You know, it shows like his growth between now. You know, since you know his growth. Perfect example, Avatar: Last Airbender. Remember in the last episode, Aang has defeated Ozai like in the last. But within like five minutes, the episode ends. Uh, the fight ends between him and Ozai, and like he's just like he's a fully realized avatar. It's literally called um, Avatar Aang. In the first episode of Avatar: Last Airbender, is the boy in the iceberg. He's just a boy. He's just a kid. Now he's Avatar Aang by season three, episode twenty-two. And I think it's really cool when episode when shows know where they want to go and are able to get there and not get canceled, like Star. <sighs> well, damn, bro. Like they literally, bro. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. But my uh, top three shows, I'm gonna go uh, my number three spot. You don't have to put it anywhere. I'm just I just did it in my head. Uh, my number three spot, I'm definitely going Sons of Anarchy. It's one of the greatest shows I've ever watched. Um, it's based on um, this biker gang called the Sons of Anarchy, of course, starring Charlie Hunnam, and basically just follows him. You know, working from like a low life in the gang to like being one of the top guys. I don't think he ever became president. I think he was just vice president. And it was just really good to see grow with those characters and the stories they went through. You know, running drugs with the cartels and stuff. Really, really good. Um, I'm also gonna go um, number two. I'm gonna go That's a Raven. I rewatched that when Disney Plus first came. The first thing I watched absolutely amazing show man i love the characters it's funny it's smart it has something to say and i just think it was really good i could hear my voice going that's crazy but my number one show and i will argue anyone to the floor that this is the best show ever made and i haven't seen every tv show and i and i and i promise you if i did i would say that this is the best show ever made House of Cards on Netflix. It's okay, yeah, I'll agree with you on that. It's one of Netflix. It fell off after season six. I, I will. I have. I will. I will, I will straight up and Spacey wouldn't have messed up. I swear, season six probably would have been the best. I promise. I, I will I concede that. Yeah, I did season six. Because oh my god, I'm only you're really not missing much. I'm only on I didn't like watch the season end of six. season two. But I mean, Kevin Spacey's the acting from everybody. Oh yeah, you know, Robin Wright, uh, Michael Kent, Michael Douglas. That show is just it's the perfect mix of like drama. It's even got a little action in it, thrill. It, it literally, and, it, and it's so crazy because, you know, art, it's art. TV is art, you know, mm-hmm. and film is art. It, it's mimicking real life. I literally am watching the, the unfolding of, uh, of American politics today, and I'm like, yo, House of Cards did this like four years ago. Yeah. And like, of course, there, you think TV show is a suspension of disbelief, but it's like, yo, we're actually doing this right mm-hmm. now. This is what's going on. Like, the way that, you know, Donald Trump has used COVID-19 to kind of scare the public into, you know, submission in terms of the election. Frank Underwood, Kevin Spacey's character, literally did the same thing with terrorism. He was like, okay, I'm going to use terrorism to get people scared enough to go to the polls so I can work on a plan to end up, to end up winning the election, which he did. By the way, 
Spoiler alert for like all the TV shows we talk about in case there are spoilers. Sorry about that, y'all. But spoiler alert. But House of Cards is just so good. And, and I think it's that's paramount to what Kevin Spacey did with that show. And the way like Frank Underwood literally like rose up from Speaker. The, he was yes. like, he was Majority Whip, right? Or majority was, Whip, yeah. yeah. Okay, so he was like Majority Whip. And he managed to get his way to the presidency. Yeah, never like, never had to campaign. He literally like, he got all he wanted was to be... Um, the, the most powerful guy in the room. No, no not that. And he wanted to be... The President Garrett, like in season one, he had promised Frank to be, yeah, the, he was gonna uh, be the Secretary of State. Okay, Secretary of State, and, and then, then they, they gave it to that him. FBI guy. Yeah, and that then so Frank got rid of him, and then got rid of the president, and was like, man, I'll be Because like, he got up to like vice president, then he got up to president, I'm like, dang, this man really had to do nothing. Facts. He got the own president to like sign away, the, or yeah, to resign, basically. And I'm so sad that show ended the way it did, but like with season seven, it's, I mean, I didn't hate it, but it wasn't- Oh, so as, season seven? Six. Oh, sorry. six, okay. It, it just wasn't as good as when it, when it had already been came Because like, like, like I said, if Kevin Spacey wouldn't have been through all these right. allegations and stuff like that, Right, and it, but at least with Robin Wright, like you know, showing what is what a woman president woman president would look like. And she was that, pregnant, right? Yeah, she got pregnant towards the end. I guarantee you, like that was that was pretty much what would happen if Hillary became president. Like that was like, I mean, these all those people, like you can kind of see who they're kind of based off of. Like, like I, I used to think that my mom was like, you know, because she lived through the Clinton era. She was like Frank Underwood's kind of like Clinton, and I was like, okay, cool, whatever. But like, Don Frank Underwood's basically a smooth Trump. He was a smooth child oh, yeah. and probably not as racist. Because really, Frank wasn't even like racist like that. He just was like, yo, I'm about this power. Like, let me get I this mean, power. I mean, he messed with that one black dude that had the barbecue joint. Bruh, that's such an amazing scene. Bruh, he was like, I am the president. I know he was like, you know, you know, I don't know how clear it deals with it, Frank. This is the White House. You will call me Mr. President. And he was like, fuck you, Mr. President. And I was like, wow. What there's, there's so many great acting moments. I can literally do a whole episode of House of Cards. It's that good. But those are my top three shows. It's just like all those shows, strength of character, strength of story. They know mm. what they want to be. They know what they want to do. And even in the confines of like, except that's a Raven. That's a Raven, you know, kind of spoke on like what was going on in the world. But they, they take like a Quentin Tarantino route where Quentin Tarantino is like, I'm not saying nothing outside of the confines of this film. I'm not, I'm not trying to make no, you know, political, you know, like stance or anything like that this is what my film is saying that's the film and that's what I like about these shows they're, they're about their business and their shit and that's what it's gonna be what about you Rob your top three shows that is a hard question Bro, I do I know, know I do know one up there for me though is definitely Drake and Josh um, mm. kind of <laughs> just so many good TV shows out there man like it, it, it's like it, it didn't end the best way obviously that people, some people think it ended horribly but just the show in general, like it, like the whole thing of it, just really, it really dove into, like I have a lot. Reason why I can, I loved it so much because I have a lot of friends that um live in that type of um environment with you right. know step siblings and all that. So you know it was kind of fun seeing that. And then Drake and Josh really did relate to me. Like I said, relate. Like I connected with it well growing up. So you know it really did. Um, just the characters. There were literally like strong characters in that show that I will and side characters. Side, yeah, like Crazy Steve. <laughs> Crazy Steve is literally spirit animal. I'm sorry, Crazy Steve is my spirit animal. If I'm trying to get some shit. Crazy Steve, Helen, man, she hated Josh with a passion. Bro, Helen reminds me of a good amount of my bosses. Like oh, that's you're about to say your mom. I was about to say, well, I can see that. 
Next motion. But anyway, <laughs> Drake and Josh definitely um the office. I can't. It's, oh my god. Listen, bro. I just love. I just love comedy, bro. I can't even say it's dry humor. Oh, like, that's the best dry humor I've ever seen, bro. The best dry humor did come from the office. That's probably why I liked um that one show that they did that Apple Parks TV. and Recs. Not Parks and Recs. Um, the Apple TV show that Apple did. Oh my god. Oh, morning show. The morning show. That's probably why I like the morning show. It's so like some corny ass dry humor that I freaking just love. It's so ugly, but it's funny. You can't. I mean, I, I could not watch all, every season of The Office like some people can. I just could not do that. Bro, it, 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 it's just like... After season nine... After season eight, basically, I guess. So, yeah, it kinda, once it gets like... The, everything after uh, Nelly, I'm just like, nah. I just can't. Yeah, Robert California. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, oh, my God. Like, he, he had a couple funny episodes. Like the episode where uh, they had a party at his house. <laughs> that was all, so dude. funny. <laughs> Oh and then Gabe God. too, like that was such a bird. He, he was like Leo's. He was funny, but he was tragic. Yeah, he was. I still mark that as one of the greatest situational comedies of all time. Like that, that, that was that show. It just really translated. Like the, the love surrounding the office is like insane. Cause yeah. and because it was just that funny, like it, and it didn't even have to try. It was just that funny. And just Dwight being Dwight. Dwight, Dwight, Dw- Dwight is. The be- I think he has the best memes of all time. I don't care what no one says. Dwight's memes on the internet. Gold. But my last show, Star Wars The Clone Wars. I like, Ooh, bro, good one. It's just, good one. And you know you gotta throw an animation one in there. It was gonna be the Big Bang Theory, but bro, Star Wars The Clone Wars, bro. Just, yeah, I wouldn't have found myself crying at an animation show the way I did. That's one of the rare shows that's, that, got, that got canceled. But had an opportunity to come back and finish it the way they wanted to finish it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really cool. even even was done through Disney, they still just bro. Shout out to Dave Filoni, bro. He did yes. it with Avatar, but he did it with Clone Wars, bro. Clone Wars did it for me, man. Like I keep forgetting that he worked on Avatar. I mean, Dave Filoni obviously has an ear for TV, an eye for TV. I'm saying like you can't. It, it's just probably our love for Star Wars. Just it just the lore. It just increased the lore even more. Yes. That's what's special about Clone Wars is. It's so much that can go into it that you mm-hmm. can connect from. That's it's not my it's not my it's my number one right now. Just probably due to that know, even speaks seven. to you know the greatness of like just television as a whole. Like especially to uh, like sci-fi and more yeah. you know not rooted in reality type TV. Facts. You can just build lore on top of lore on top of lore. The more seasons you get, I mean, think about how much Game of Thrones maybe has have grown since season Ooh. one all the way to eight. You know, or I mean, but then you got the books to back that up too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just dug the dug the lore deeper. Alvarez-Ebender. I I'm always amazed about what Brian uh, Dimonesco, I think Brian D something, and um, his brother were able to do with Avatar and the world that they built between Avatar: The Last and the Legend of Korra. And I'll say to the end of this, into the end of the day, the Legend of Korra is better than Avatar: The Last Airbender. I think so, man. I just think like, and, and the only thing I think the Airbenders got on it, it's got the strength of characters. The characters not the characters in Korra are not as strong as uh, Last Airbender. Oh yeah, that's true. And I just think because episode to episode in Avatar: The Last Airbender, you spend a lot more time with the characters mm-hmm. than you did in Korra. Korra was Korra was a lot more story and ex, uh, not exposition, a lot more narrative driven. It was a lot more story going on, and it really focused on Korra as the Avatar, and the side characters were just that really just side characters, not too much nuance with them. So I think that's what kind of played Korra a little bit, but 
I think it's I think it's worlds better yeah. in terms of story. And it dug the lore deep and deep about because I think what you a show coming after Core is gonna do so well because of what you have to build on. You could come up with the I'm not even give my ideas for that because like they really good ideas for the next Avatar show. I'm gonna keep that quiet. <laughs> but, said, let Nickelodeon come to me yeah, for that. Yeah, let, let them come to me. I got y'all got to pay me for them ideas. But um, as we continue on, man, now we gotta talk about about the bad. We gotta talk about. What makes bad TV shows, man? What TV shows have you have you been like, bro? What? Just vividly annoying and don't make sense. Right. I'll get my examples right here, right now. Parks and Recs. I don't care what anybody says to me. People will hype up Parks and Recs to Same. the ends of this earth. Same. I could not got. I couldn't get past like think three episodes. I watched Tell it. it Ray. I got. I watched it like one time in the morning time. I fell asleep. I'm like, this show is not funny at all. And people are like, oh no, just keep on going, keep on going. I'm like, I can't. I really can't. Like Leslie Pope, Leslie Nope, whatever her name is, like, no, I couldn't do that. And then Stranger Things for me. Bro, you're crazy. I don't people look at me crazy when I say I hate Stranger Things. Like I said, first episode, I hated those kids. Wow. I hated them. You, they really gotta I tell you, bro, they just had to grow with you, dog. I'm like All no. my friends said that. I, I couldn't like it. I really couldn't. He is what he I love Stranger Things. I love Stranger Things. And I think one thing that really makes bad TV for me is when you're trying to, you know, really make a political statement or like just a statement in general about the world that's not and it doesn't work within the narrative of the story. Cause it, it just seems like you're doing it just to like be relevant, but like at the same time it doesn't coincide with your story, so then therefore it looks weird. And then you just push it down people's throats. Perfect example, something I've been waiting to talk about. I just finished Star. And here's my issue with Star. Star um, is a show based on three three girls, um, Alex, Simone, and Star, who travel to Atlanta to become the next big girl group. And for four seasons, they you know are in this girl group, and it's the show is absolutely shit. And I'll tell you why. Because this show, um, no, it wanted to tackle a lot of things, but like in the most cap of ways. It would like it was heavy on LGBTQ stuff, which I'm cool, whatever. But it doesn't work with your story. And then when it when it did, it was like a one off. And then like it didn't make sense that why it got shored up. Like Cotton, who was a transgender, uh, she had like a really big role season one. And then like after season one, for the next three seasons, like they should have just killed her off. They like didn't have anything else to do with her after telling the story about a transgender person, you know, fighting with that that identity. And I'm like. What was the point? Like you just you you keep having these one-off arcs that, and then when you're ready to like get done with it because it's no longer relevant in society at mm-hmm. the moment, you move on to the next thing. Because like they had um, Donald Trump had just been doing the the Muslim ban and the, the deportation stuff, so they had a deportation arc. And then when that was no longer the big the big hot topic in America, it kind of fell off to the wayside. So like they kept doing that, and I'm like, yo, just tell a story of these of these four girls trying to you know, make it big in the music industry. Now, can you comment on the real world? Yes, but there's a way to do that in the confines of your own story. Like one perfect perfect example, The Fosters. Oh, yeah. The Fosters, to me, is one of those shows that was really transformative in, like, changing the way people think. You know, it really taught me a lot of things. Now, do I agree with everything the LGBTQIA plus community, you know, is about? No, of course not. But I was able to rethink my thinking because right before I watched that show, I was a huge homophobe. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a homophobe anymore after bro, watching that same, show. Bro, same. Facts. Oh, like, real shit. Like Foster's, Foster's really, you know, like, um, Shane did his job by changing my thinking. Like, oh, like, one thing I was like, of course I didn't necessarily believe that, like, 
the family had to be mom, dad, brother, sister, dog. Because, of course, I know friends that have, you know, single parent homes and, you know, stuff like that. But it really showed that, you know, family's not your blood. Family's like people that love you. And that's something I thought was really cool. And they had these, Steph and Lena, the two moms, you know, the whole, that, that whole dynamic it was the first time I'd ever seen that on TV. And I was like, yo, like, what? And then I watched it and was like, oh, like, this is really cool. But that brings me to another point. One thing that I hate about TV, annoying ass characters, man. I can't stand it. Because characters to me are what brings you back every week. Mm-hmm. I got to see what Jim Bob Becky Sue was doing this next episode. I got to see what Superman's going to do. I got to see who Arrow's going to save this episode. But when the characters are annoying, it, it really salters the moment. And that's with me when it comes to, what is it, Stranger Things. Like, mm-hmm. I could not get, pack, get back behind these kids. I'm like... Their characters are just so horrible, in my opinion. Like, I just couldn't. And, do I, would, it. and I will say, I can understand that, but honestly, the biggest thing that sells Sage Things is not even the kids, it's Hopper. Literally. Facts. I'm, Except season three. You can't, bro, I'm sorry, bro. If you a Stranger Things fan, Stranger Things fan and you say, your favorite character is not Hopper, bro, I think we, we got a problem. I'm, he's literally. But you're not paying attention. He's literally. He, he basically he connects all of them. Like, literally, he's the. Even though technically Eleven is basically the main character, just because of her, you know. But Hopper is the Hopper's the reason why that that shows the way it is. Him and um, oh girl, mm-hmm. uh oh his mom, Winona, no Winona Ryder's character. Winona Ryder. What's her name? Oh my god, I can't remember her name. But yeah, I'm just one of the kids' moms. Yeah, the kids' mom. But yeah, um, I was I can understand what you said, the kids, but not nah, it's all bro. They're the face, but Hopper is literally the backbone of that show, without question. The cop, Hopper. You, you. But anyway, um, bad TV. Are we saying bad TV show? What just makes bad TV? What makes bad TV? I'll tell you one thing. Lazy um, writing. Lazy writing. Yep. In the words of Deadpool. Well, that's just lazy. Like, literally, bro. Like, you. Oh, my God. And predictable plot lines. When Quattro said it best, when you literally, in a serious moment, when you have someone says... This can work sometimes if it's the right character. But if you say, if you're trying to be too comedic in a serious moment and it just doesn't fit, it's Mm -hmm. like, why? Like, why? Like, why? It's certain comedy where it doesn't need to be. Like, it just, and and one thing, lazy writing in terms of like, make writing things that just don't make sense, but you want to move the plot so you write it anyway. Like, that's one thing I, I noticed with Star. It was like he would write, Lee Daniels and his writing team would just write stuff that just makes no sense. The characters were written so bad. Like, it was just like Star, you know, her whole deal was the only, her whole deal was she's, she's selfish. She's like, only, only gonna be about her. Like, it, her, it's her goal. She just brought these two girls along with her to like boost her up. And then, like, the whole season, they're like, oh, she's not selfish, she's not selfish. But the only time in all four seasons, each almost 22 episodes long, the only time she ever did anything for anybody else was when she stabbed her sister's rapist. That was it. And the rest of the time, like, she stabbed her, her friends in the back repeatedly. And then, like, but to move the plot forward, they kept met, letting her make up with these people. I'm like, bro, what is going on? This makes no sense. You're writing terrible characters, and the, lazy, and the writing is so lazy. Another show that has lazy writing that we're going to talk about. 13 Reasons Why. And also, another thing that makes bad TV is when your show runs way too long. And that's... Yeah, because... I mean, you have your whole plot line being this girl kills herself. Okay, cool. That's in season one. What are you going to do now? I mean, they brought her back as a flashback. But Mm. then, you know, season three and four, she's not there. And it's all about Clay. So it's like... You're really trying. You're really trying to justify your plot on the fact that this girl kills herself, and this was where, and it's all because of these thirteen, uh, thirteen people or mm-hmm. tapes or whatever. 
And it's like, it just doesn't work after this, the first season. Exactly. Especially that show. That show is also really problematic because it really, you know, in terms it glorifies, of it glorifies you know, a lot suicide. of things. I watched a review that was done by an actual uh, psychologist and she just was like, yo, this show is crazy dangerous. Like if you've had any of this, like you should not be watching this because it, it glorifies a lot of things. Like the fact that, you know, granted somebody with those issues, you know, it's hard. It's hard for them to reach out. But when Hannah reaches out, she like does it as like, oh, I'm going to reach out, but like I'm still going to do it type deal. And I'm like, but you reached out, but the man asked the man asked for more information. He's like, you've been raped. OK, like, who was it? Like, what happened? Oh, like you, you're blaming me. You're doing this. I'm like, and the psychologist was like, look, if you come in and tell me that you've been raped and I have to report it, I need more information. And that's all the man was trying to do. And like the fact that she kind of did him wrong, it was like, all right, I'm going to do it anyway. It was really capped to me. And just that show in, in general, it just, it, one in season one and two, cool. We needed it. I think two was a good season because you kind of got a, the, a ripple effects of what happened once the tapes got out. Cool. But three and four, negative. I don't even remember what season three was about. Three was Bryce. That was, okay, three's really good. I'll tell you why. Oh, yeah, that's when Bryce gets killed, right? Bryce gets killed, yes. But the crazy thing is, me and my, one of me and my best friend, Molly, yeah, we joke about the show all the time. That literally, you. This is a testament to how bad your show is when the junkie and the rapist are your best characters. Oh, you talking about uh, who is it, Alex? Uh, Justin. Justin. Justin and Bryce are the best characters because Justin has a really good arc between season one and four. Oh and yeah. And then Bryce, that season where you know he's the rapist in the show, but that season three where he's kind of really fighting to you know come back in society after getting off, and then you know really you know he's past it he's you know making the progress to get better but his victims aren't and so it's really something interesting to see how he's really his mind is at in that and i thought it was a really good season and then four is just balls the walls dumb i mean just dumb and talk about it was so funny talk about a show that came out at the wrong time so um when it came out george floyd happened maybe the week after or like not even a few days later and if you're watching the show like in a normal progression you would get it right around the scene the episode where clay goes into a there's a riot in this episode oh yeah and then there's an up there's a part of the episode where clay goes into the police station and just yells i have a gun yeah i'm like dang because like if you was a black man right bang 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 you'd be right. lit up like the fourth of july and like there is a scene where you know there is some racial tension but it was like for two seconds and then it was just like nothing it that yeah, show with the uh, with uh, Tony and then the cops like okay you can fight in my boxing league and I and we'll be cool after yeah. that and we mentioned annoying characters Ani oh yeah Ani came in and is like it's like why did you need to add her and, like she comes into this town brand new spanking ass girl is like in the middle of like the biggest drama of that town and fucking the rapist I'm like. Uh, why? And then they brought it. Then they had the nerve to bring her back season four. That the nerve, the unmitigated goal to bring her back. But oh. I will say, while I'm on air, you know, people that are listening, just because you don't like Ani does not mean you have to bully or harass the actor. That that makes no sense. She's literally on social media because people like were sending her death threats because they hated her character on a TV show. Hmm. She's paid to like read the script. Like, what what can she do, y'all? Like, really? But y'all just it's it, like Coco Jones. Coco Jones said, "I was an employee." Annoying characters, lazy writing, uh, shoddy like editing is just bad. Uh, which brings me to another terrible show, Riverdale. 
Oh my. After season one, I really had so much hope for that show because I thought it was going to be like the comics, but just a little bit darker. And then once season two came around, I'm like, okay. And then when they got to the game, that's when I'm like, okay, this show is. This show literally went far. It right. got balls to the wall. I didn't necessarily hate the game per se, but it did get balls to the wall. I was get, like, it got balls to the wall. I was genuinely scared to watch it after that. I was like, and that show glorifies things too. Cause like, not only are the like in most TV shows that have, especially the ones that are like not on Disney Channel or Nick, like cable shows, like the high school shows that are like really dealing with real like ish, like Euphoria, your mm-hmm. your Riverdale's, your Teenage Life, America, Life of an American Teenager, way back in the day. Those shows literally, God, dog. Those shows, are, <laughs> <laughs> those, you can't just do that for a second. <laughs> Uh, those, those shows, you know, use older actors to depict, you know, yeah. you know, certain themes and, and stuff like that. But this show, like, goes ham. Like, if girls look like the way they did when I was in high school, so it'd be a different story. I'd be a, a lot more attention. I'd be Camilla a pair. Mendez, dog. We would have. Why you? Lily, Lily Reinhardt? Listen. No. Well, Madison Pesh, whatever. Uh, Madison Pesh? Boy. I swear. Boy, I tell you, Vanessa, from, Vanessa Morgan. The work is done. My love from Redheads came from, from that character. Facts. Understand where we, we, we can accept that. And it just was so hyper, hyper sexualized. And it just was like, yo, is this high school? Like, and then KJ Appa is like a fighter slash vigilante. Yeah, like, I'm like that. That story arc didn't make sense at all. They the season the last season was just bro. I literally I haven't t- finished bro, it yet. I want to read my review because I, it, I tore that show. I'm on episode nine. One, I still uh, haven't finished I'm it. I'm glad I did not go past season one. Bro, I yeah, mean honestly, you're you're, you're lucky because I tore that show a new one. Hold on, I'm gonna read it to you. But some of the clips I've seen, just I was like, yeah, I can't. I don't think I'd be able to watch this show. No, no, it's not. It's I not never, good. I never, I never got into dirt. After seeing the broom shit, I was like, all right, bro, I'm not. Oh no, the, that's, not 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 the. I'm talking about. I oh, say, 13 reasons why. Thirteen yeah, reasons why I never. That one had me. Sick. I had Look to. I had. I couldn't watch that show for about two weeks. I had to take a pause. Like, bro, I, that, I, I could. Bro, bro, literally, I could not watch the show. I was like, oh my bro, dog, this would never fly on cable. I no, could never hell fly. no. Said man, be lucky. But honestly, the, the thing about that scene for me was that like. As 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 horrible as it is to watch, it was the acting in that scene was so freaking good that it like made it okay for me. Not okay that it happened, but just like that. Yeah, but you're just like sitting back and watching. Like, did that really just happen? Facts, bro. That's me, bro. When you watch, bro, you gonna have one of those when you watch Euphoria. Euphoria has a lot of those. Oh no, bro. I mean, not. It was still like it literally took me a couple weeks to go back to watch that. Bro, show. I could not, bro. At the I was like, yo, what the fuck is this? I literally, bro. I was like, I can't do this, bro. And the thing is, they literally warn you about it, but like nothing really prepares you for the for the magnitude of that scene and like a lot of things that happen in that show. Like they, you, you, I think it's an issue when each episode has to have like a warning, a pretty much suicide warning before you yeah. watch it. Like the episode that they did that Thirteen Reasons did for um Oh man, damn it. It was the school shooting episode. Mm-hmm. Dumbest shit. And then I've it just comes seen. out to be a, a, a drill. Yeah, a drill. Oh with my real God. gunfire. <laughs> Poor uh what's his name? Clay. Clay. He went ham on that one guy. How could he not go crazy? I mean, dog, like this is a real issue, something that happens every day, and you literally were watching 
uh, students like calling their parents, like telling them like they were never gonna see them again. And it was so sad to find out it was a drill. You know, I'm like, man, that's that's effed up right there. I'm like, Incredibly. the school board approved that. Like, that's I found my up. review for Riverdale season four. Uh, please excuse the illiterate sounding nature. I probably didn't edit this when I posted it. I'm sorry. I'm uh, not that great with words, but let's just bear with me. Riverdale season four, 2020, three out of ten. This show is terrible. Let's start with the characters, which is easily the most asinine part of the show. Archie KJ Appa is so boring. He's so pure. Only when the plot demands. Um, Veronica Camila Mendez pretty much just does what she always does in pissing off her father any any chance he gets while saying she's not obsessed. Betty, Lily Reinhardt, and Jughead uh, Cole Sprouse have some semblance of normalcy as they try to find the voyeur and expose Stonewall Prep. The side characters are just as annoying with dumb antics, unnecessary sex scenes, and uninteresting plot lines. The worst part is the team formed by all these characters in seasons 1 through 3 is broken up and the story is muddled with 6 plus storylines. Uh, dot 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 tickling ring yes a tickling ring um the best new character was mr honey peter james bryant uh was only who was only trying to do what a normal principal would do um but yet he's labeled as the bad guy listen to this exchange listen to this show mr honey this particular song is too sexual for a family event cheryl blossom the redhead I performed the most sexual song it was a musical episode so she performed like this song it was super sexual super cherry bomb i loved it no, was it Cherry Bomb? It was Cherry Bomb. Mm-hmm. Crazy sexual. Like, I loved the it. The costumes are bad. I mean, I loved it too. But like, <laughs> she was trying. Loved to, it. She was re- performing this overly sexual song to to prove to Mr. Honey that this song was appropriate for an event that was gonna have family and kids there. And so when um, when Mr. Honey was like, "You just proved my point, Cheryl Blossom. I promise you, I could pull this up to you." She said this. That's very queerophobic of you. Oh, what? But like, who was writing this stuff? And I literally wrote, how queerphobic of you, dot, 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 trash, absolute garbage. The best part of the season, besides the end, of course, is the send-off of Archie's dad, Fred, Luke Perry, who passed away at the end of season three. That was really good. There were so many storylines, Archie's vigilantism, Veronica's rum war, Veronica, who runs an underground bar and serves alcohol, but is not old enough to drink. Mm. There it is. Um, Cheryl's undead brother, Kevin's tickle ring, Betty's investigation of Jughead's brother, Jughead's new school, Archie's war, war uncle, picks on, pick one, they all suck. Even the most interesting plot points weren't even real, so all of the story, so all in all, the story has as many plot holes as holes the movie. There was way too much going on. Season 5 promises a time jump a couple years after season 4. Jughead's dad, Skeet Ulrich, and Veronica's mom, Marisol Nichols, have already revealed they will not return, which is sad because they are the best characters in the show so far. I will watch I will watch it since, you know, I've already watched season 1, watch 1 through 4, so I have to finish it. But all in all, this show is absolute garbage. And like I said, it had promise to it. Yes, it did. I, I really, you know, like wanted to like the show, but like it legit just is not good. And that's the thing about shows, man. When when you run too long, your characters are annoying. You got bad writing. It it, it bodes really bad. Like some of the better shows, you know, your Euphoria, your stuff on HBO Max. Those characters and the stories are dynamic. They they that can grab, captivate your interest exactly. and actually have something smart to say. And they don't pander. Exactly. That's the thing, man. Like the a lot of Disney shows now are like really pander. I watch some of the shows my siblings watch, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, how can you be entertained by this? Andy Mack. Oh, was it Bizarre Vark? I'm like, bruh, Girl Meets World. Okay, I'm not gonna lie, that could have been good. It it, they fumbled the it was at first, and then like it just became real preachy. 
And then, but what they tried to do was my issue with Blackish. Yeah, I mean, true. But what they tried to do with Girl Meets World, since it was more of a Disney Channel show, because mm -hmm. Boy Meets World moved to ABC after yeah. afterwards. They so got they too were, old. They just like let's just do some like yeah. Adult so they were stuff. able to do like you know the adult stuff on it, but with Girl Meets World, they weren't able to mm -hmm. really do that. Like they were trying to hint towards it, but it's like they kept it on the down low. So I think that's another one thing problem. that um, Shanua would say if he was here. Um, one of the things that he really loves about TV shows, um, and something that makes him really good is that when the characters are able to grow within their show. Yeah, like Boy Meets World, for right. example. Like, he went from, I think he was in the sixth grade in season one, all the way to college in season seven or whatever it was. So it was like watching him grow, watching Corey grow throughout, like, you know, all seven seasons. Right. You know, that was definitely something to watch. That's something I liked watching in, like, Full House. And, you mm -hmm. know, like watching the three girls, uh, DJ Stephanie and Michelle, grow up with, um, Danny. Uncle Jesse and Joey and really, you know, grow into like dealing with things they dealt with from like young age to old. And I thought that was really cool. And that's the thing, one of those things that really good characters, because like John Stamos will always be Uncle Jesse. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Those, some of those some of these characters are gonna transcend, you know, the nineties. They're gonna like stick with us forever. Like, you know, a lot of people will see Selena Gomez and she'll always be Alex Caruso. It's just it just it is what it he is. He said Alex Caruso. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, Alex Russo. Alex Russo. <laughs> Alex Caruso. <laughs> AC Fresh, dog. I've been watching too much basketball, oh man. Oh, my God. But like I asked for Can your top three. <laughs> that would be an interesting show. <laughs> but like I asked for your top three your top three shows, let me, let me get some bottom three shows. Oh, I thought I mentioned mine. Oh, yeah, I mentioned mine, too, in Riverdale, Thirsty Reasons Why. And mm, what was the third one? I don't think I said the other one. Mm-mm. Um... Let me see. Terrible, terrible. Oh, Star and Empire. Well, no, not Empire. I'll just say Star. Mm. Well, I think I gave two. I, don't remember. I remember I gave, uh, what is it, Stranger Things. But the last one that I guess that I will mention is Insatiable, the one with uh, Debbie Ryan. Oh, was that, not, was that not good? That got canceled after season two. Yikes. <laughs> it was just... Ooh. I'm not really big on Debbie as an actor, so... I mean, it was just bad writing, like you would say. Okay. It's just bad mm. writing. And then you got one more spot. Already, I gave my, I gave two of them. I gave Thirteen Reasons Why, not Thirteen Reasons Why, Stranger Things, and I gave another one. I just forget what it was. It'll come back to you, maybe. Look, Rob, bottom three shows, man. Bruh, definitely Riverdale's definitely on there. Riverdale's so boo boo. Bro. Without without question. It's just so ass. Um, oh, Parks and Rex. That was my. Oh, Parks and Rec, yeah. Um, what's that show called? We literally said at the beginning of the episode. Oh my god. 13 Reasons Why? No, I never really watched 13 Reasons Why. Oh my god. All American? No. Not All American. Oh no. my god. Oh my god, we just, Big Mouth. Big, Big Mouth, Mouth was oh, literally. I just. I like Big oh Mouth my god. Just. I like shows that are smart, like that are, that have something to say. Just that one is just like. It just. It's, it's cringe. So cringe. It's so cringe and too over the top, and it's just not for me. Um, I'm telling you, Bojack Horseman. Is that he? No. Oh, we voted, Bojack. That, we voted that shit out for a reason. Bro, bro look, I fought with Bojack. Yeah, but you sorry. sleep, bro. That show was so smart. It was mm -hmm. Big Mouth. What else? What else? What, did I already say my second? Oh, I already said Riverdale. And, okay, this show had promise, but now I'm tired of it. The Walking Dead. I can't fight. Oh, Shanua would kill you right now. <laughs> bro, and Shanua can agree with me. After, like, season seven, uh -huh. maybe you could consider, Nick, why are we still making this? I get it. You have a lot of lore to go off of, bro. It's not even that, bro. Mind you, me. When, and when you when you kill off the the face of the franchise, facts. Everyone's dropping dead. 
Rick Carl, um, Denai Guerrero's finna be go, bro. Oh yeah, she was the only the reason was I, done. She, she was the only reason I watched the show. See, that's 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 uh that's bowling bad for like show that show is gonna keep going. It's gonna get worse and worse. But look, they got spinoffs kind of like kind of build off of. But yeah, yikes. But last last few things before we hop up off the air. Um, how has the media cancel culture changed the trajectory of TV? Oh, of course. I think. I mean, we saw it sure. with like Kevin Spacey. You know. Him not being able to do uh, House of Cards. Yeah, House of Cards. Uh, Jesse Smollett, them taking him out yep. of Empire entirely. My guy from The Flash, uh, Ralph Dibney, his character, uh, wow, what was his name? I don't remember his name, but he played Ralph Dibney, the elongated man. He made some rich, like really effed up tweets back in like 2009 and they kicked him off. And I just think like when you work for these big studios, especially, it's and when CW's not even that big of a studio, to be honest. It's not, but it's, it's gaining more clout every year. Yeah. With all the shows and all the success and all America did really well. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's gaining more clout as as we as we progress. But just the these whole SJW movement and stuff like that, it's just it's go well, go woke or go broke type stuff. And I'm not really liking it. That's why Batwoman did bad, Supergirl almost teetered, but it kinda kept its but feet. It, it got cancelled now, right? Uh, I don't know if it got canceled, but I think they're like I think COVID really just got it. Ended up getting them cut. Um, but she's still like, and I knew this was gonna happen. She's still gonna play Supergirl, but just not gonna have a show. Oh, okay. Plus, they got Superman and Lois coming out next year, or you know, COVID probably a year after next. So it, that kind of if f some stuff up, but it's definitely that. I think, um, like I said, I just think the more shows should take a Tarantino type approach, just like. Be within the confines of what you want to do with your TV show and, like, let the story progress naturally. Don't just throw stuff in there, SJW stuff in there. Just, like, to be relevant. And so that's what's something that I really think, you know, should be fixed. But anything before I move to the next question? Last question, Rob? Mm. No. All right. All right. So we in the last few years, probably in the last you know seven eight years, we've had uh, a big influx of streaming instead of cable. You used to be able to you know see a show week to week. Now you can just binge an entire show. Do you think that bodes well, or you know is trouble on the horizon for TV as well? Well, you know even like these streaming services like you know Disney Plus, they're starting to have it to where. You know, you have to watch one episode after the next. You can't just stream everything, mm-hmm. stream everything out like you know Netflix or stuff like that. But um, you know, streaming a show, you can just basically wait until the season ends and just binge it throughout, right. not having to wait so long to do it. But I don't know. I think I, I kind of like it. It kind of seems like it, it forces shows to be better. You know, mm-hmm. because now when you drop an episode. You can people they know people are gonna binge your episodes now. So like your show has to be good back to back to back to back. Whereas when you were on a on an episodic uh type deal where you had to come back, you had to build every episode had to build, you know, to make sure that you come back next week. So uh, if anything, it kinda makes it easier, like we can just do all of this, drop it at once, and people are gonna watch it. Where week to week you have to like we have to kinda add this to make sure people come back. Oh, that's why dramas are so big, like soap operas, because there's a twist every episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, a secret twin. Oh, he falls off the cliff. Is he dead? Oh, oh no. So something like that. And I think, um, the, like you said, Disney Plus doing what they did, like The Mandalorian, dropping one episode a week, really building that hype up to, for people to like hate buying the subscription service because they had just come out when Mandalorian came out. But to keep people coming back, which I think is really cool. What about you, Rob? Anything? Oh, yeah, of course. Um <laughs> You know, streaming services are literally changing the game. On yeah, them. like everybody's having one. I know Paramount's coming out with one called Paramount Plus. Oh, there that is. 
But who do they think is gonna pay for all this? It's like it's so weird because like you got Peacock, which Peacock is free. Yeah, I never understood that until my mom told me she's like, yeah, Peacock's free. All you have to do is just buy the other stuff. I'm like, how does that make any sense? Like right. you have the, all these shows and movies on here for free. Like I just couldn't get my head wrapped around it. Yeah, it makes no sense, but it's doing justice because the more the more we get on like streaming services are now like it plus it's the all idea about the money thing it's, and cable and cable's expensive cable is very expensive so you know it's like i could get all this with the streaming service and then you know it's like it's it really does it's really getting up there with tv shows and now they're taking that approach with the with the wait a week wait a week it's like people are like mm, people it still seems more valuable than Regular cable, honestly, because yeah. think about regular cable. When you have to wait a week, there's plenty of other shows that are coming out at the same time mm-hmm. on a different channel, and you have to and let and, choose, if, and yeah. if you don't have a specific cable network, you can't record it. So you right. know, but with streaming services, it'll be there. It'll be there, just waiting on you. And I think that's something that like it's more accessible. It makes it it's way easier. That's why when it first hit, you know, like when Netflix first really became a big streaming service, they were killing it. The stock went up. Like they were really doing well. Because it made it accessible, it was a lot more simple. Oh, I could just come back to this show, when, or you know, I, I don't have to wait week to week. I could just watch the whole show. Because if I mentioned it one time back uh, when he was on, that you used to watch a show and then like you, if you missed it the next time it came on, like you, there's no telling when you were gonna see it again. So it's something that makes it way more accessible. But final thing before we leave, do you prefer cable or streaming? I only use cable for basically sports now. Facts. To watch ESPN. Facts. Cable's literally sports for me. Yeah. It's pretty much. I, yeah, it's pretty much sports. I mean, like, I, I get the apps on my TV. So, there it is. <laughs> but, man, thank you guys for, uh, well, like, I act like y'all, I guess. But that's it, guys, for this TV conversation. This was a fun one. I kind of I had a lot to get off my chest about TV. There were tons of TV shows that are really good that we probably didn't mention. Tons of bad shows you probably didn't mention. On my block, I forgot to mention on my. On block. my block is oh that gas. Um, I forgot to show. mention Atlanta. Oh my god, I love Ooh, Atlanta, bruh. There's so like I said, there's so many good shows and like this, not Disney. Uh, Netflix just put on like a bunch of the old black sitcoms. I'm waiting on them to put Bernie Mac back oh, yeah, up they put there. Girlfriends on there, bro. sister, sister. Monique is on, bruh. The bruh. Parkers is on there. Bruh. Bruh. The Parkers was something else. Where's Bro, they put the Jamie Foxx show on there. Bro, it's over. It's done. It's done. Bro, that was my show. They need to put the Cosby show back on there, but I know they won't. Sure. Bro, the Cosby hey, show. Nobody's picking up the Cosby show. That's bro, listen, bro, the Cosby show was that shit, bro. The Cosby show is so good, though, bro. Like, it's so good. But thank you guys for listening, man. We are going to wrap this episode up. Uh, you can catch me on Instagram at Quattro IB with the P to the C and the U. You guys can find me on Instagram, kid.kid.kev17. Slick without the C underscore Rob two B's underscore on Instagram. And remember to check out me and my boy Ty's podcast brackets and B rolls where we rank and see uh, some great movies for you guys. Uh, you can catch us on Instagram at brackets underscore B rolls and on Twitter at brackets underscore B rolls. You spell that B R A C K E T S underscore B R O L L S. Uh, same handle on Twitter. Same handle on Instagram. Love you guys. Do something nice for somebody. Cafeteria. Cafeteria. Cafeteria.